This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. I have to be honest, I'm a little nervous about this episode. We are going to take a pretty big departure from our usual episodes, and we are going to unpack the topic of legalism. And the reason we're doing this is because ever since we did the episode on how I broke free from legalism, we've gotten question after question, after email, after email, after message, after message from people who want to know more, people who maybe came from a very conservative background and are struggling with figuring out, okay, what should I believe? Or people who are just insanely curious as to how we went from where we were to where we are now and kind of the thought process and the heart change in that. So we want to unpack this today. And I do want to preface this by saying we are coming from a Christian worldview. And we know that we have a number of listeners who are not Christian. And I just want to let you know up front that while most of what I do online, I'm not assuming that you are a Christian, a lot of the undertones of today's podcast will be coming from that Christian worldview. And so we welcome you, no matter what your faith, to listen, but I just want you to know that ahead of time. So we're going to actually open this conversation with an email that I got just this past week, which was really the motivation and the push that we needed to finally do this episode and for me to finally get brave enough to do this. So this question came from a listener who asked to remain anonymous. And she said, 
Crystal, since hearing your recent podcast about believing lies and how you were raised a certain way with lots of rules and standards and how you found freedom in the gospel, my mind has been spinning. I have seen many kids who are raised in very high standard homes seemingly, quote, hit the fan when they get older, and sometimes they don't even look like they're a Christian at all. I have seen many adults my age that were once very conservative, and while they are Christians and are not ashamed of Christ at all, they have done a 180-degree flip on their standards and talk of their newfound liberty in Christ. How do you determine what standards or way of thinking is biblical and what is not? For example, take wearing only dresses or skirts, as is a popular standard in very conservative Christian circles. Is it in the motive? Wearing something to be a, quote, better Christian, or to impress others, or, quote, impress God? Or wearing something because you truly believe God wants a woman to dress modestly and feminine? Just wanted to get your thoughts on this. There have to be standards somewhere. I'm just not so sure on so much, but I do love the Lord and want to please Him. So Jesse, when you initially hear this, what are some thoughts that come to your mind? I've got a lot of thoughts that come to my mind. Um, and we should say that you're the one that really wanted to do the episode. and You're kind of dragging me along. You're like, yes, we need to talk about this. Well, and just from my observations and and and. The things that I've seen, I'm making very similar observations as this lady has made. But we need to step back and say, what are standards? I mean, why do we even have standards? Mm -hmm. Because you need to get at the root of that to determine, okay, is this good? Is it bad? Is it biblical? Is it not biblical? So we need to determine what the basis for a standard is instead of just holding it for having a standard sake. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times from what I believe anyway, I think a lot of times standards are put in place. We put those in place in order to please God, make God happy. Oh, I'm being a better person by abiding by certain rules and regulations that I've put in place. Um, Try to please others, make other people accept me, make other people think I'm a good person. Maybe, as a mask. The problem with those motivations is there's no gospel. And are we really loved enough that we can live without those standards? Can we put those standards down or do those standards define us? Are we known by certain rules and regulations that we live by and that we're leading with those? And a lot of times when we lead with those standards, it's really alienating a lot of other people. I was thinking of how you were talking about kind of standards could be to allow you to fit in. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how much of the time we change what we do, how we look, how we approach something solely on the basis of, we just want to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And whether that's being accepted by other people or accepted by God. Mm -hmm. But I think if our root motivation for doing something is to achieve acceptance, that is probably an unhealthy basis from the get-go. Would you agree with that? I do. And I think that it also would lead somebody that if, if the whole reason for having their standard is for 
pleasing other people or to getting somebody else to like you, if you go into another situation where other people do not hold to those same standards or beliefs, you're going to shift and morph your own beliefs and your own standards to fit whatever crowd you're around for the same motivation to get those people to like you or accept you. Mm -hmm. So are those really standards or are they just kind of a... um, A costume that you're putting on or facade. It's not really you. mm -hmm. It's a mask that you're wearing in order to fit in. Mm -hmm. But then you're constantly going to, if you change who you're hanging out with, then you're going to also feel like you need to change what you're doing and what you believe. And I think ultimately for me, as I've really grappled through this is it's got to start with your heart. Mm, It's not about the outward appearance. It's not about what convictions you have or what standards you have. Ultimately, it's about your heart and our actions should be the result of what we believe. And our beliefs shouldn't be constantly shifting and changing. And so really analyzing what do I believe about God and starting there. And sometimes I think it's helpful to say, what do my actions show that I believe about God? Like I read that quote from the book by Haley Morgan, Preach to Yourself, where she was talking about, you know, if we are constantly living in stress and fear and anxiety, and yet we say that we trust God, there's a disconnect there. And if we say that we're forgiven and loved and redeemed, and that when Christ died on the cross, He took away the burden of our sin— And yet, we feel like we have to carry around this heavy weight of standards. There's a disconnect there. Mm -hmm. And so what do we truly believe about God? What are our actions saying that we believe about God? If we're feeling stressed that we need to hit some sort of standard, that we need to live up to some sort of level of you know, godliness or holiness. Or what we would determine would be godliness or holiness. That's not necessarily defined in scripture. That maybe someone else has told us we've read it in a book or we've heard it in a church or we went to a conference. And, you know, if we're feeling like that is a burden, that that is stress, that that is causing us anxiety or shame. Oh, yeah. Because we're not living up to some standard and we're constantly failing then I think that there's a very good indication there that something is disconnected and that we're not truly resting in the gospel. Because I think that that kind of says that we believe God is this taskmaster that we have to please, that we have to do enough to earn his favor, to win his approval, and that if we're not godly enough or holy enough or good enough, or you know, we don't check all the boxes, that he is going to be disappointed mm-hmm. instead of really resting in the fact that he is our heavenly father and he loves us and he has forgiven us. And yes, we want to honor him with our life, but not out of this heavy, weight and constant shame and feelings of failure and that I'm not doing enough. Right. And 
it really comes back to who do you believe that God is? Do you believe that God is faithful? Do you believe that the gospel is enough? I mean, I remember when we started going through discipleship, reading the book Galatians for You and, and taking a really deep dive into the book of Galatians. And there's a uh, scripture in Galatians that says that basically anything added to the gospel creates a false gospel. And if you are adding standards to the gospel, it's a false gospel. If those standards are for the purpose of pleasing God, because you are already pleasing to God. God loves you. It's like, I remember in Galatians for you talking about the functional savior. Mm -hmm. And do we feel like we have to complete this task list, live up to the certain standard, and that is where our salvation comes from? Like that is our functional savior instead of believing that we are truly saved by God, Mm -hmm. by Jesus' death on the cross. Or do we think that our salvation is actually based upon what we do? Right. Plus what he did. Mm -hmm. So we are, in effect, our functional savior at that point. Mm. Well, I think for me, One of the phrases in the Bible that has been the most powerful as I've been on this journey of really understanding the gospel is that phrase, it is finished. Mm -hmm. When Jesus was on the cross, taking all of my sin, the weight of my sin, the burden of my sin on him. And he said, it is finished. That was his proclamation to me that I don't have to do more, be more, try harder, be better. It is finished. He has finished the work for me so that I can rest in his finished work. And I can rest in the fact that I am pre-approved. I already have his stamp of approval on me. When God looks at me, I am covered in Jesus' blood. Scripture constantly is talking about that, and that truly means that when God sees me, He sees Jesus. He doesn't see my failures and my shortcomings and my mess-ups and my mistakes and how I am not living up to some crazy high standard. He sees Jesus. And when I rest in that, it changes the way that I approach all of life. And I think it's really important to rest in that and to remember that when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. He doesn't see your sin. Your sin is covered. And I think so often, especially I think of in my past, that we walk around with this burden of sin constantly surrounding us and on our shoulders that honestly should be laid at the feet of the cross, but it burdens us down so that we can't live in freedom. And we instead focus on these standards that we can control. Are we wearing certain things? Are we doing certain, certain things to fit in? And you, you honestly judge people based upon those standards, but you've lost your focus. It's not where it needs to be on Christ. And it tends to be a distraction. 
When I think of like in heaven, we are not going to be looking around and saying their robe isn't good enough. You know, like we're not going to be saying, oh, I can't believe that person did that. I can't believe. I mean, and there's no sin in heaven, but to try to put it into our earthly mindset and we actually get to step into heaven on earth because we already can live in the gospel. We already can live out of that finished work that Christ did on the cross, which means that we are covered in the blood. Every other Christian is as well. And it is not our responsibility to go around pointing fingers, judging, really, you know, being accusatory, critical, and trying to feel like we need other people to live up to this standard that we've set. I I don't see that in scripture at all. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in heaven, we are going to be so enamored with Jesus. And I don't know that enamored is the right word. There, there's not really a word, but like, I feel like he, his glory and his presence and his goodness is going to be just blinding out everything else. And so as much as possible, I want to live in that in the here and now where I am resting in the goodness of God. I am resting in what Christ has done on the cross and I'm focusing on him and living out of love for him, which allows me to not worry about what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. It's not my responsibility to be the Holy Spirit to other people. I can trust God. I can trust the Holy Spirit to work in other people. And I can love them and I can walk with them. And that doesn't mean that sometimes we don't need to speak truth. But if we're just going around criticizing other people for what they're doing or not doing, I think we really need to examine our heart. And I know for me, when standards were so important to me, when that was my focus, when I was basing how I felt about myself based upon the standards that I was holding, I was so critical of other people Mm -hmm. because I felt like, wow, I can't believe that they would do that. They, they must need to read their Bible more, or I can't believe that they would make that decision. And, and I had such a critical spirit towards other people when, what is that going to do for anything? And I was just thinking how, you know, when we carry around the weight and the burden of sin on our back, Satan gets the victory. And he also knows that we're going to be so weighed down by our own sin that I think then it's so much easier for us to point fingers at other people. And then once again, he gets the victory. Now, we say all this, but I know there's still the elephant in the room of, well, what about standards? Like, you can't just throw everything off and just do whatever you want. Like, there has to be some sort of right and wrong, some sort of standard. I don't really even like that word. I wish yeah, I wish I we had another better word for this. But for me, It's living my life out of love for the Lord, recognizing how much I am loved, how much I am forgiven, resting in that, and then living out of that. And that doesn't happen overnight. 
like I've talked about in previous episodes, years of work, of recognizing the lies I was believing, replacing those lies with truth, and then living out of that truth. And I think this is important if you are kind of breaking free from legalism and recognizing the gospel, that I would just really challenge you, do not swing the pendulum to the other side. I think sometimes we have a tendency to want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's like, okay, so we used to believe that we're supposed to dress modestly. And like, for me, that was dresses only, dresses and skirts only. So then if you say, well, I want to live in the gospel, that does not mean that you all of a sudden just go out and get an entirely new wardrobe and you're just like, I can wear whatever I want. I think there's danger in becoming legalistic about legalism. Like, Anything that is legalism, we want to just rid from our life, Mm -mm. and it's this reactionary sort of thing. And so for me, it's been a real slow process of determining, okay, how do I live? What does it look like to live out of the gospel, to live as loved, to replace the lies with truth? And I think for me, it's really been starting with seeking the Lord, really, truly seeking the Lord for all areas of my life and really, you know, asking God, not looking to another man or ministry or method or book or conference or anything to be my guiding standard, but to say, God, show me what you have called me to and really, truly wanting to honor him with my life and to glorify him with my life. So seeking the Lord, through prayer and a lot of quietness too. I think just sitting in the stillness and really seeking him. And then secondly, seeking his word. And I remember when I was really searching for, okay, what does the Bible say about music and about dress and about a woman's role and just reading scripture from start to finish, you know, Genesis to Revelation and really looking for what does the Bible actually say and trying to set aside all of my preconceived beliefs. What does God's word truly say? And it was, it was hard because some of the things that God's word said, I was like, oh, I've never actually seen that before. Hmm. You know, I think of like an example coming from very conservative, traditional worship service, and then seeing in Scripture, it talks about praising the Lord with raising your hands and dancing and clapping. And, you know, there's there's a lot of ways of worshiping God in Scripture that I hadn't really ever seen before. Because in my mind, it was like, this is this is how you worship God. This is how you do church. This is what it's supposed to look like. And I'm not saying that traditional worship is wrong in any way, but I remember when we went to Africa and the way that they worship God is completely different than the way that I'd ever been raised. And I realized I can't put God in this little box and say, there's just one way to do this. Um, So seeking the Lord, seeking His Word, and seeking wise counsel, really surrounding myself with people who want to glorify and honor the Lord with their life and who are really seeking the Lord and seeking His Word. And then having conversations with those people and having people challenge me of like, why are you making that decision? 
Now, I think of many times when I've had people challenge me and say, are you making that choice or making that decision or doing that thing because you feel like it's going to be what's going to please other people? And really challenging myself with that and having people who will say that to me. And I think for me, if I have a check in my spirit, I think that's an indication. Don't move forward. Don't make that choice. Do that thing. Wear that item of clothing, whatever it is. If I have a check in my spirit, if I don't have peace about it, I I don't want to change what I'm doing or what I believe or my practices or actions until I really have peace that, yes, I feel like God is giving me the permission or the yes to move forward with this. And so if we want to get really practical, and this is where it gets a little scary because I know everyone has different beliefs and different thoughts, and I do not want to ostracize or offend anyone. But this particular listener asked specifically about dress. And, you know, she said, how do you determine what standards a way of thinking is biblical and what is not? For example, take wearing only dresses or skirts, as is a popular standard in very conservative Christian circles. Is it in the motive? Wearing something to be a better Christian or impress others or impress God? Wearing something because you truly believe God wants a woman to dress modestly and feminine? You know, so if we're going to get really practical about this, let's talk about dress. Jesse? Well, I mean, the one thing I was thinking about is, you know, who defines what is femininity? Mm-hmm. Because especially from traveling all over the world, one culture defines femininity completely different from another. Mm-hmm. And what's accepted in one country is anathema in another. Mm-hmm. So painting with a broad brush, I don't think it's right. I don't think you can do that. It's It's all, what is God leading you to do? personally. Mm -hmm. And is God giving you the peace to move forward? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it does go back to the heart. And I don't want to say again, like, it's just, it's just your heart and it's not, it's not your outward because yes, I do believe that you can dress immodestly. And I think that we've seen many, a quote unquote, modestly dressed woman act immodestly. Yeah. I mean, cause that's, I feel like you can wear a really modest dress, long sleeves that it's not tight at all, but you can act in a really immodest way. You can be flirtatious. You can, you know, I, I've seen that. And so I don't think it's just about what you have on the outside. So while I think it is really important, modesty is important, but it starts with your heart. And I also think that we need to be careful that we don't fall into the trap of believing that somehow by wearing clothing in a certain way, we're going to prevent any man from looking at us. That's very true. I mean, you got to be honest with yourself because frankly, no matter what you wear, people are going to look at you and you can't control what a guy thinks. Now, I don't want to be flaunting things or acting in a way that is going to be further inciting that. But at the same time, I think to realize if we're doing it to try to control something and it's about 
almost about us. And it's not our heart to say, I want to glorify God in my body and my spirit. And I want to honor him in the way that I dress. Then I think that's where it becomes almost like it can become idolatry. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's a whole nother topic for another day. And so for me, when it comes to dress, it's really seeking the Lord, seeking his word, seeking wise counsel. And if I have any check in my spirit to say, okay, I'm not going to wear that. I have a check in my spirit. And I want to also honor other people and have respect. So I think, for instance, when I go to certain countries where you need to cover up certain parts of your body, you know, when I went to India, it's respectful that you're going to wear a long skirt or really baggy pants. That's just respectful there. If I were to wear something else, it would draw attention to myself and it wouldn't be respecting their culture. So I want to do that. And that's out of a heart of love and respect for their culture. And so I think we can really start diving into, well, this is what is right and this is what is wrong. But ultimately, I can't say that for you. I can only say for me before God, I know what he's calling me to. And it's going to look different in different situations. And there's certain times when I will feel like he's calling me to wear a certain thing or dress a certain way. And I want to honor him with that. Or I just have that check in my spirit. But I don't want to make it something where I'm kind of obsessively stressing over it. Because if I'm obsessively stressing over how I dress, then I think it's showing that I'm not resting in the gospel. Yeah. Your focus is off of Christ. It is on yourself. So all that to say, I am not here to tell you what you should and shouldn't do. I cannot give this listener, you know, here's your pat answer. Here's your 10-step plan for modesty. Here's what is immodest and here's what is modest, or here's the standard that you should have. But I just really challenge you, seek the Lord, seek His Word, seek wise counsel, and ultimately remember how much you are loved and live as loved. And I feel like the more that you rest in how much you are loved by God, the more you can walk in confidence and love others well and worry a whole lot less about yourself because you're resting in those words. It is finished. As always, if you have any question on any topic you'd love for Jesse and I to answer in a future episode, or you just have feedback or suggestions, or you'd love for us to change something or do something different, we love to hear from you. We love your emails. And so you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.